Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. 2 Kings 19. Uh, You may be seated. Uh, I do have notes for you. I've called it Satan's workings exposed. Satan's working exposed. Um, You might not realize it, but there are uh, many, and we can go ahead and pass those notes out if if we have them. Okay, good. And uh, there's many pastors that tune in, and I get this question a lot uh, from folks that want to know how our preaching calendar is. How many of you know what a preaching calendar is? Well, it's exactly like it sounds. It's a calendar, and pastors, leaders, you plan out a series in a way, hopefully, to give the entire counsel of the Word of God, and you work through series, and different churches work in different ways. I have modeled my preaching and teaching after our senior global pastor, my pastor for since 1992, it should be 30 years. And he preaches and teaches thematic messages, expository messages with a thematic approach. That is how he preaches and teaches. And if you've been around here for any length of time, I've forced myself into that model because I felt like it was a very strong uh, system for discipleship for me and my wife and and for so many others. I mean, it works. There's uh, 584 churches around the world. Something's working pretty good about that. 584, some odd churches, moving to 1,200. Moving to what? 1,200. So the only challenge is I am, uh, I'm like a kite, personally, (laughs) which is like, I just kind of fly around with the wind of God. Thank God for Pastor Karen, who keeps me tethered to the ground. And, uh, and, and the Lord has helped me over the years to, to learn to discipline myself to preach that way. But my default setting is prophetic messages and my favorite prophetic words drawing from Old Testament, rea- Old Testament reality into the New Testament revelation to bring us forth into something new. That's my favorite way to preach. And you've been here for any length of time. We've, we do that frequently. One of the things that we do, not only looking at the entire year and seeing where we can plan things, we, we plan things, we do that. But there are times when you begin to see patterns where if you're discerning and you pray, the Holy Spirit will show you things. And I've mentioned this to a few folks even today. The Holy Spirit will show you things. And in seeing those things, it reveals a disease or a spirit. I'll say it that way. It reveals a spirit at work in a congregation, in a region, in a territory, in marriages. Marriages is a big one. Unrelated, similar problems through marriages. Beyond just irregular problems that the enemy tries to put on people, you begin to see a signature. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You begin to see a signature. So I've seen uh, the signature of the enemy uh, 
in the recent couple weeks, and uh, I'd like to decapitate it. So the text I've preached from before, but it's got some new things that the Lord showed me, and, and uh, I, I wrestled trying to land exactly. I knew where the Lord wanted to go, and then I looked for a, a text and revelation to really clearly communicate that, and that's brought me to Second Kings. So I said all that to, to help maybe with you and the leading of your family or the leading of your business. You begin to see signature. You know what I mean by that? You, you, you see, gosh, that's got the same kind of flavor and style as that, you know, the last situation, and they're unrelated. Then you can begin to see that maybe the enemy's moving in a particular way, and you combat him with revelation, with prayer, and with action. Are you ready? All right. So stand up on your feet, 2 Kings chapter 19. This story is told in three different, different areas of Scripture, which I'll talk about here coming up. 2 Kings 19, online, in Point Hope, in Dillingham, wherever you are, all around the world. Are you ready? 2 Kings 19, verse 1. When King Hezekiah heard this, he tore his clothes, New International Version, and put on sackcloth and went to the temple of the Lord. He sent Elikim, the, the palace administrator, Shneem to the secretary, and the leading priests, all wearing sackcloth, to the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos. They told him, this is what Hezekiah says. This day is a day of distress and rebuke and disgrace, as when children come to the moment of birth and there's no strength to deliver them. It may be that the Lord your God will hear all the words of the field command commander whom his master, the king of Assyria, has sent to ridicule the living God, and that he will rebuke him for the words the Lord your God has heard. Therefore, pray for the remnant that still survives. Verse 5, when King Hezekiah's officials heard, when King Hezekiah's officials came to Isaiah, Isaiah said to them, tell your master this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid of what you have heard. Those words with which the underlings of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Listen, when he hears a certain report, I will make him want to return to his own country, and there I will have him cut down with the sword. When the field commander heard that the king of Assyria had left Lachash, he withdrew and found the king fighting against Libna. Now Sennacherib received the report the king of Cush was marching out to fight against him. So again, he sent messengers to Hezekiah with the word. Go down to verse 35. To get the whole context, we'd have to read quite a bit of scripture, but I want to give you some sections and then weave it together. 2 Kings 19, verse 30. Five. If you're all there, say amen. amen. That night, the angel of the Lord went out and put to death 185,000 in the Assyrian camp. When the people got up the next morning, there were all dead bodies. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, broke camp and withdrew. He returned to Nineveh and stayed there one day while he was worshiping in the temple of his god, Nishrach, his sons, killed him with the sword, and they escaped to the land of Ararat. 
Wow. Go to one more verse of Scripture, please. The book of Isaiah. It is a, a Scripture that is and has been of paramount importance to kings, cathedral, and chapels for many years. Isaiah chapter 10, find the 27th verse. Isaiah 10 and 27, which reads, In that day their burden will be lifted from your shoulders, their yoke from your neck. The yoke will be broken because you've grown so fat. Let's all read that again. Now, another version says it differently, but I'll, I'll break it down. Let's read this together in the NIV if you have it. In that day, their burden will be lifted from your shoulders, their yoke from your neck. The yoke will be broken because you've grown so fat. Father, I pray, move in power. May we never be the same. Help me, Lord, in my exuberance to not damage my vocal cords as they already strained. Move in power, oh God, and may every yoke that you've tried to place upon this house be broken tonight, and may every yoke that the enemies try to put upon your people be smashed and broken tonight because we've grown so fat because of the anointing oil is another definition. Because of the anointing, break every yoke. Destroy every yoke. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. To give you a, a, to give you a, don't touch that mute, son. I'll come back there. <laughs> to give you a, a reminder of some of the prophetic history of our church, when they were building the cathedral and that's on the island of Maui. It's a building that was, uh, well, before they just added the, the discipleship center, I think that's what they call it. Is that right? The pavilion. Before they added the pavilion, it was about the same size as ours. About 70, 73,000 square feet. And in the process of building that, we were hit with such opposition. We had... I think it was three different lawsuits. The steel company had gone bankrupt and we had no money to remedy any of it. And it was, a, it was we were on the edge of total disaster and had we not had a breakthrough, this, we wouldn't be here tonight and there wouldn't be 100, 580 some odd churches around the world. I don't know, maybe I wouldn't be saved. I'm just telling you the results of that yoke, that was a yoke that the enemy put on King's Cathedral back then to break us. And it would have worked, except we got fat. Come on, somebody say amen. Somebody say get fat. Maybe we should call it get fat. And I, I was in the church at those days, but, but um, much younger in my faith and, and just learning about the things of God, which really never ends. I'm still learning. Anybody else still learning? If you ever stop learning, you're in trouble. So, but I would go to those morning prayer meetings and Dr. Morocco would read Isaiah 10, 27. And he would say with great fervor, 
Come on, we're going to break the yoke. And he would pray. And here's what happened. A summary. Now, you can read this in the Miracle on Maui. You can read it in some of the books that were written. And we'll write a book about the yokes that have been broken here. We'll write a book about what God has done here. We were talking about it today. We need to, because there's so many miracles. Honestly, I wouldn't even know where to start. Hundreds and hundreds of miracles to bring about the facility that we're moving into. But it's more than a facility, it's souls. It's about souls. Come on, it's about people. It's about the lost being saved, the sick being healed. It's about God pouring out his spirit and fulfilling his redemptive plan in the lives of people. Jesus came to die for people, not buildings. So don't ever forget that. We haven't, we never will. And in those prayer meetings, break the yoke, break the yoke. And I remember what happened. I was there, I was a, I was a new believer pretty much. Dr. Morocco had a dream. And in the dream, God spoke to him and gave him a name in the dream of a lawyer. Well, we already had a lawyer that was helping us with these different lawsuits, different things that were happening. And so he decided to call the lawyer that he got that. How many of God gives you a name of a lawyer? You should probably call him. He never heard the name, got the name, looked it up. It's an actual lawyer, called them. And the guy says, well, the lawyer, the attorney says, I don't really do cases like that, but, you know, I don't know why I'm going to do this, but I think I'm supposed to take your case. Well, he took the case. And we let go of our other lawyer. How many of you know sometimes you need to let go of a lawyer? Walked into the courtroom. Everything changed. It was over in one day. And our lawsuits were dissolved. Our, laws, our lawsuits were dissolved. The, the issue with the steel, that was a tremendous thing. The steel company was going bankrupt, but nobody knew it, except God spoke to Dr. Morocco. The steel company's going bankrupt, that if you don't get over there, you're not going to get your steel. Get over there. So he, in morning prayer, after morning prayer, they prayed, and he tells Pastor Allen, Go to the, you're getting on a plane and you're going to the steel company. He says, they're going bankrupt. He says, they're not going bankrupt. He says, you're getting on a plane. You're, he got on a plane. He flew over there. Sure enough, they were going bankrupt, but they were able to get the steel for our building and rescue the project. It's over and over and over in that day. The yoke, there is a yoke that the enemy wants to put upon you. There are plans that this, the enemy has. He has strategies to take you out. And if you don't understand that, don't be ignorant of the devil's scheme, says the New Testament. So, let's look at this text here. Hezekiah's reign, the kingdom was divided in nine 930 B.C., a little bit of history and context for you, is 200 years after the northern and the southern tribes are divided. Northern kingdom is 10 tribes. Southern kingdom is two tribes. Anybody know the tribes? Judah and, very good, Judah and Benjamin. And uh, Hezekiah's father's name is Ahaz. Ahaz is a wicked dirt bag. He was an idolater, if you fill in the blanks right there. Second Kings 16 talks about that. He offered, he offered defiled, you know, he built an a altar to Baal in the temple. I mean, he was a wicked, wicked man. And I love this because even if you had a wicked father, God can redeem you and use you because Hezekiah becomes a revivalist. And it doesn't matter what long line of debauchery you might have come from. 
or if you had a silver spoon that you were born with in your mouth. It does not matter. God can take you and use you and redeem you and set you on fire and use you to break the yoke and get fat. Come on, somebody say get fat. <laughs> and uh, he was a serious vassal. What does that mean? He was the servant of Assyria, the enemies of God. He was their servant. You don't want to be a servant of the devil. Hezekiah's reign, he's a revivalist. 2 Kings 18 talks about that. He trusted in the Lord, verse 5. 2 Kings 18, 5. Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. There was no one like him among all the kings of Judah, either before him or after him. And he rebels. I'm going to come down because I can hear myself better. He rebels against Assyria. And uh, I think all of us should rebel against the awakening. I think we should rebel against demonic things. And so he does. He, he rebels against Assyria. Uh, again, understanding the text, told three times in Scripture, 2 Kings 18, Isaiah 36, 2 Chronicles 29, all in your notes. You can go and read those if you like. The king of Assyria invades. Hezekiah pays him off. There's a great message there. You can't, you can't pay the devil off. And I've had an ex a, a tremendous amount of confrontation. I have had to confront twice as much over the past week and a half, two weeks, than I usually do. What do you mean usually? I always have to confront stuff. If something's wrong, we have to lovingly confront it, right? If you don't confront things, you're going to have the devil in your life. You have to confront things in your home. You have to confront things in your marriage. Pastor Karen confronts me regularly, thank God. Occasionally I confront her, but we all know she walks on water and I'm mostly wrong. But we do need, we do need to confront things. You need to confront things in your business. You need to confront things in your finances. You need to confront things in a church. You need, everything needs to be confronted. The enemy wants to come in and you, you, you gotta get fat. You gotta confront stuff in God. Better get off that fat thing. <laughs> Hezekiah pays him off, but he attacks again. And he sends his commander uh, and to uh, intimidate Hezekiah. And it's an expose, and we've looked at this before, but it's so evident to me right now. I see all of these things happening all over, trying to creep in to the body of Christ across America and here in Alaska. An expose of the workings of Satan. In 2 Kings 18, Hezekiah's faith is questioned. Listen to what this dirt bag says. It's, it's the language of Satan. This is Satan language right here. This is how he speaks. And what you're going to find when we go through it, you're going to be like, oh, snap. I've been hearing similar things. Right. Exactly. 2 Kings 18, verse 19, the field commander said, tell Hezekiah, quote, this is what the great king, the king of Assyria says. On what are you basing this confidence of yours? You say you have strategy and military strength, but you only speak empty words. And on whom are you depending that you rebel against me? Verse 21, look now, are you depending on Egypt, that splintered reed of a staff which pierces a man's hand? And wounds him if he leans on it, such as Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all who depend on him. 
And if you say to me, we're depending on the Lord God, are you depending on the Lord? Are you really depending on the Lord? You, you, there's a mocking spirit. You know, we read through it, you don't really see it, but he's, I'm trying to define it for you. Are you really going to depend on, oh, you've, you have faith in God, huh? And then he says this. Isn't he the one whose highs places and altars Hezekiah removed? Saying, Judah and Jerusalem, you must worship before this altar in Jerusalem. See, the, the devil knows your emotional fear, so he tries to afflict you. He tries to attack you. He tries to get you to second guess, and he tries to quit, get you to quit on your faith. And if you quit on your faith, you won't make it. You will be absolutely defeated. And he distorts true worship. So what he's doing there, he accuses Hezekiah of being weak. In 2 Kings 18, 23 and 24, he gives him a false word in 2 Kings 18, 25. Furthermore, he says, a 2 Kings 18, 25. How many of you know the devil prophesies? I didn't say prophesy, I said prophesy. He's a liar. When he's lying, he speaks his native language. Furthermore, I've come to intact, destroy this place without a word from the Lord. The Lord himself told me to march against this country and to destroy it. Oh, did he really? Did he really? So he's saying, God told me to come and destroy you. So you should just surrender. He's lying. And so oftentimes, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of prophet liars on the internet. And there's all, kinds of, there's all kinds of false words out there. You have to know what God said to you. You have to know. Oh, through our project and over the course of the years of my life, I've had people tell me, you just need to calm down. You need to calm down. You know, you're just a little extra. I'm like, you ain't seen nothing yet. We get a whole lot more extra. I'm wired up a unique way. Do you know what? You should, you're, the, you're the most anointed you that there is. You shouldn't have to change. Don't change for anybody. I mean, you need to change and get rid of your attitudes. You need to become more Christ-like. The highest call in your life is to become like Christ. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying be you. You're the most anointed you that there is. I tried to, I tried to imitate T.D. Jakes. I'm not black. Maybe you haven't noticed that. And I can't preach like him. That man can take two scriptures and nuke the whole place. How does he do that? And he just walks around and has the, the sweat wiper guy and the whole thing. I thought, I'm going to be like the white TD. The Lord's like, no, you're going to be PD. you be Pastor Daniel. I made you. You be you. And it took me a while. And I've had people give me false words. I've had many people give me false words, saying, thus saith the Lord. I don't know. I don't know how that works. They're going to stand before the Lord for it, but I knew it was contrary to what God told me. Listen, you can have somebody come up and tell you something. If God, you're responsible. You are, come on, someone say, I am responsible. I am responsible for the word of the Lord in my life. Don't you let somebody come and rewrite your script because they came and your ha their hair is standing on end and their wind was blowing and the music was awesome. I trust you. I trust. And they said, the Lord says, and it's contrary to what you know from God. You take that, you pray, and many times there can be a false word. Now, we have people here that are trained, and we have protocol, and uh, some of that protocol I noticed was being uh, violated in a light way in our new building. So, you know, we don't just let anybody lay hands on people. Do you know that? How come? Because we don't know where your hands have been. And, 
It's, it's kind of a cute way of saying, we just don't let anybody lay hands on people not inside this place. You said, well, I supposed to lay hands on people and pray for the sick? You do that at home. You do that when you're traveling, driving around. But in here, we have people that are trained. We know who they are. We know their character. We know that they're going to lay hands in the right place. It gives Hezekiah a false word. He tries to cause rebellion. This one, this is so profound, and I've, I've taught it to you before, but 2 Kings 18, 26. So they say to, uh, they say to the field commander, the, the Hebrews say to the field commander, which is my way of getting over those names that I can't pronounce, <laughs> quote, Please speak to your servants in Aramaic since we understand it. Don't speak to us in Hebrew in the hearing of the people on the wall. Comes and he says all of this stuff in Hebrew. Why would he say it in Hebrew? Because everybody up on the wall is listening to everything he's saying. The Lord sent me. He says it in Hebrew. The Lord sent us here. And they're like, oh, maybe the Lord did send him. It starts this it potentially starts this whispering campaign. Isn't that just like the devil? Isn't that? To just try to speak things to you or, or maybe have you overhear things or, or, or just bring lies. He's a liar. He's constantly manipulating. To bring what? To bring division. Because what would happen if there's no unity? Listen, we, we have a no-strife policy here. Easy. easy. I'm talking to myself. I'll be right back. I'm fasting, so I'm, if I say thing, things unbiblical, then just talk to Pastor Alex. He'll straighten it out. And that's not what I meant, okay? I have a zero strife policy. So somebody comes in to try to sow division here in strife. You will meet the other side of the shepherd. I'm nice and kind. Come to bring division. I will confront you. And I have had to do that over and over and over and over again. And there is a constant attempt. Please hear me. There is a constant attempt to undermine leadership. To take my leg. Listen, if the enemy can get you to just think did not respect me and, and don't think that I'm uh, to undermine my authority in your life, then you can't hear anything I'm saying. And I'm going to tell you, he works double time. He's trying to pig pile on us right now. It's just, his, it's just the same old slew foot. The only problem is people aren't aware of it. That's why I'm preaching this to you, to make you aware of it. He said, well, I don't, I don't like how loud it was. It was too loud on Sunday night. Welcome to the club. It was a little bit too loud. We have, I told you, we got some adjustments. I can't go there. It's too loud. Listen, communicate. It's an open book here. Finances are open. Our lives are open before you. All of my staff are open before you. All we do is live open before the Lord, and, and there are times where we have to repent. Got a great amen over here. The rest of you are still in shock or something. There's times where I've had to repent. You're like, you know what? I'm going to tell you a moment because it's just come to mind. And uh, after COVID, I mean, that thing tried to kill us personally. And I had double pneumonia. And I was in 
my house for three and a half weeks. Coming out of that, it hurt so bad. It was so difficult that coming out of that, there was a big argument about masks, whether they work or they don't work, and on and on and on. And I knew where I stood, but at the same time, I was fearful that I didn't want to hurt maybe people that didn't buy. I, I, the masks don't keep COVID back, okay? It keeps you from spraying, I guess, a little bit better. What are they called? Droplets. And it was, I think it was my first Sunday back, and I might not have it all together, but it's a moment where I just really had to repent. It, and it was like the Lord, the Lord just slew me. <laughs> I was out front, and it was the start of the second service, and a family that had been coming, relatively new, were so upset at some of the protocols they walked out, tears running down their face, and I'll never forget what that precious lady said to me. Pastor, what we're doing is completely contrary to everything in faith you taught us. And I just thought, for the love of God. And the Lord just like cut me in half. I had to walk around the church, get a grip, and I just said, I'll not only never shut the church down, we will move in faith and I understand there's practices. And, you know, I, I've got, you know, all around here, I haven't really talked much about it. There is these machines that wipe out all germs. We have these incredible high-tech machines throughout the whole. I think that's fine. But I was yielding to fear. And I got rebuked by that precious family. And I wept. I walked around outside. And I turned the corner and I said, oh, God, I'm sorry. And I had to repent to them. And they turned around and went back in, and we went on to grow by 30, 40%. And so did every other church that held the line and fought. There are times where you'll get rebuked. My gosh, I rambled a little bit there, but that's, that's good. you got to repent. Don't let strife get in here. Don't you let strife get in here. Confront it. And if you got questions, ask. Come on, somebody. Give, a, give an amen. Because if you let division, okay, so you, you and your, your wife, you and your husband, you're arguing. You're like, well, I'm right. Okay, but you're also stupid. <laughs> How do you get that, Pastor Daniel? Because you've allowed now division in your marriage, and you're just going to be right. You're going to be dead right, like as in dead. There's some things, do you know what I mean? You don't understand? You cannot allow division in your marriage. By the way, 8.30 tomorrow morning. Marriage Intensive with Dr. Morocco. Open to, the, open to the public. You can come right here at 8.30. And it's amazing, right? It's part of our KSM curriculum, but we're opening it for the whole church. So if you're online, you're able to get here, come. Tries to undermine the, the word and the authority of godly leadership. All right, I already talked about that. Offers false security. The enemy tries to offer false security. Make peace. 2 Kings 18, 31. Come out to me. Every one of you will eat from the vine, the fig tree. No, it's not what's going to happen. They're going to kill them all. Okay? So you just come out. It's going to be hard. Just quit. It's going to be much better. No, it's a total lie. And the enemy offers false security. Lies by saying, God can't deliver you. 2 Kings 18, 33. If he made the earth... <clears throat> 
If he made the earth in six days, he could set you free in less than half a second. Right? Can God deliver you? Can God deliver anybody? So he lies. Because the maker of heaven and earth. He didn't even send a band of angels. We're going to get there. It's not a band of angels. One. And it doesn't even say it was a big angel. In Revelation, it says one strong angel. This doesn't say a strong angel. It just says one. He tries to, he continues to intimidate 2 Kings 19. All right. How to break the yoke, how to get fat, how to break the yoke of evil. How to break the yoke of evil off of your home, off of your family, off of your church. How to break the yoke of evil off of a community. How do you do that? By doing everything we do here at Kings, which we'll continue to do, but it's important to be reminded. Hezekiah's response, he humbled himself. He did what? He humbled himself. You know, I, I don't like fasting on one hand. I like eating. But on the other hand, I sure like what fasting does for me, to quote Dr. Bob Rogers. The first three days are hellish. And then the sugar devil gets broken off. And there comes a sweet presence of the Lord. Fasting brings your heart before the burning bush of God's presence. And when you come before the burning bush of God's presence, somebody said, man, pastor, the services have been really intense. Yeah, we're not eating. We need God. <laughs> we need the Lord. We need the Lord more than ever. There is a force of darkness that wants to steal, kill, destroy. What do you do? Humble yourself. Go low. Everybody say, go low. Humility is a magnet for God's favor. So we've been fasting and praying, and we've finished 21 days, and I've just heard the Lord once again. He's on the ropes. Don't stop. So I'm not stopping as much as I want to go and Psalm 35, verse 13, yet when they were ill, I put on sackcloth. Sackcloth is a picture of humility, brokenness, and humbled myself with fasting when my prayers returned to me unanswered. There, God answers prayer, but there's times like Daniel, you have to fight. You have to contend. Don't have, as I said in recent sermons, don't have a 50-cent view of the kingdom. So it didn't happen this week? That's it. Didn't happen for me. I quit. Okay, great. Let me know how that works. I've seen it. I've done it. It's been, I'm not doing that anymore. That was, I tried. How many of you know you can quit and go back like a dog to its vomit? But I'm just going to tell you, driving the porcelain bus is no fun. Got like four or five. <laughs> Somebody said it's hard to be a Christian. Oh, no, it isn't. I know what hard is. And the Bible, the Word of God says, hard is the way of the transgressor. I will lie in my bed at night and have great peace until the Lord wakes me up around three and I have to pray through on a number of other things. I have peace. You have to humble yourself. Some of you need to repent to your spouse. You were a jerk. You know it. 
Sure is quiet in this Methodist church. <laughs> he humbled himself. We're talking about how to break the yoke of evil. He humbled himself. Isaiah 58, 6. Is this not the kind of fasting I've chosen to loose the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke, and to set the oppressed free from every yoke? I'm not talking about eggs and the yoke of an egg. As expensive as they are, I'm not talking about eggs. I'm talking about a farming implement. By the way, if you have chickens in your house and you need help, you just come and talk to me. We'll help you with those. Everybody's got chickens, just, just like golden eggs everywhere. I've got chickens! Anyway, we're not converting going back to chickens. We're going to believe God for increase. Yoke. A yoke is a farming implement put on a beast of burden for plowing. And it would have two holes, usually. I mean, there's some other ones, but there, two animals would be put together through this farming implement, tied together, and they would then pull Whatever they're pulling, could pull a plow, could pull a cart. So to not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, to not be unequally yoked with unbelievers is when on one side of the, of the yoke, there's strength, there's power, there's anointing, but the other one, there's compromise. So you, you get going in a circle. You just, it doesn't work. And, and, and an animal would get a chafing, even a bleeding along the neck. Some of you know, you have a pain in the neck right now. I said some of you have a pain in the neck right now because you're yoked with somebody that you shouldn't be yoked with. You have fellowship with all. Larry Stock still quote, I've made it my own. Have fellowship with all. Partner with some. Build on sons. Sons and daughters you can build a business on. Sons and daughters you can build a church on. You can't build on, on someone who's not tested, tried and true, faithful, loyal, fruitful. All right. So this yoke is, he humbled himself, and it, it's an aspect of breaking off evil, breaking the yoke. He went to the house of the Lord. I love this. Verse, 19, uh, verse 1 of chapter 19, 2 Kings. When Hezekiah heard this, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and went to the temple of the Lord. I think that because of the culture and the hour we're in, the power of going to church has been diminished. And that's why I've been preaching the victorious church. That's why I've been preaching, because it's, it's not like a little patty cake thing for Jesus, and everything's great. No, everything isn't great, and we're an equipping center for war. God's called us to walk in victory. God's called us to be ambassadors. God's called us to, to, to be the answer. Speaking to somebody at... At a very high level today in our community, they said, Pastor, the community needs your church fully opened. And I said, Amen. You know why? You say, Why is that? Why are you building such a big why, why would why would the church why would the church need to be open or, or need to expand and reach more people? Because when you get born again and you get saved, you don't want to smoke crack anymore. You don't want to do heroin anymore. You do, you, your family gets healed and you begin to repent. You begin to pay your bills. You begin to do the right thing. You begin to live right and be a, a, a viable 
part of the community. Things change, and, and there's a shift. It's called elevation and shift. It's a sociological term where the gospel comes into a, an area, comes into a region, comes into a tribe. It doesn't matter where. Anywhere in the world. It's how you know it's the kingdom. When the gospel, the good news of Jesus comes, is received, people are born again, they get filled with the Spirit, start learning the Word, all of a sudden, what happens in that region, whether it be the bush of Africa, anywhere in the world, anywhere in the world, the most remote places in the world, to, the, to major cities, the same thing happens. is crime drops, families begin to get healed, and that culture is lifted out of the debauchery and miracles start happening. And there's been, there's been books, uh, George Otis Jr. You should all see this in your home. Transformations 1, Transformations 2, Transformations 3 by George Otis Jr. Go watch it. It's an old set of videos, but it talks about how when the gospel came to different places in South America, there's a place in California, Hammett, California, where there's just such breakthrough because the gospels received. One story in Fiji, where they used to eat people 50 years ago, 60, 70 years ago probably. A whole reef had died. Now, if you know anything about reefs, they don't come back to life. And the fish all left. Well, if you're an islander and you don't have any fish, you don't, you don't have any resources. You, you, you know, it's a problem. And so they went to fish on other sides and did some different things. When the gospel was received and the power of God was poured out, the reef came back to life and all the fish returned and all of their fishing businesses prospered. But it didn't happen until there was a revival. That's why, listen, listen closely to me. Listen close. When there's healing in the human heart by the power of the name of Jesus, there's connectivity between heaven and earth, and there's a connectivity between the land. That's why when it says in 2 Corinthians uh, 7, verse 14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and fast and pray, and I'm paraphrasing again, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, I'll hear from heaven and I will... Heal their land. What does that mean? What does the healing of the land look like? Because it's a thing. Creation is groans in frustration, Romans says. So when the gospel comes and the anointing comes, it releases just supernatural destruction upon the enemy and the land begins. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth when it's all wiped out. There's a new heaven and a new earth. Do you think that's an accident? No. There's connectivity between heaven and earth what would happen what would happen if alaska threw off the yoke? what would happen in your home if you threw off the yoke? poverty's a curse listen to me poverty's a curse living hand to mouth you only got faith for food stamps and i'm not against food stamps i thank god when i got food stamps and i needed food baby oh we went shopping and I, my mom and i were crying as we were buying and, and the wick milk and all of that. I did all of that, but Jesus set me free from it, and I'll never go back. I'll provide and help other people, but I'm not ever going back on that. If generations of people living on food stamps is wrong. They need to get healed, need to get Jesus, need to get set free, need to have the yoke of poverty broken off. Poverty, poverty a vow of poverty. Priests used to make It's from the devil. Are you guys all right? Where are we? He went to the house of the Lord. Kind of got rambling there a little bit, but 
There's something about coming to the house of the Lord. Do you know in this place, I'm so glad we're not selling this building, and there's many reasons I'm glad. Do you know this place has been marked for, I have to look at the exact dates, but it's got to be going on 40 years. Powerful gospel preaching has been happening here for 40 years. The gospel has been preached here for over 40 years. I believe it's, I got to go look, but it's obviously long before us. We've been here for uh, 18 in this building, but before us was Wasilla Bible. They grew to 800 people and they sold it to us and they went down the road. May the Lord bless them as they continue to preach the gospel. And then we came. I'm glad we're not giving up this high ground. It's a beautiful place. It's going to become our social services arm. And it's interesting when we made the determination. We couldn't sell it. Nobody wanted it. It's too expensive. Blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden we determined, no, we're going we're gonna to take more ground. And this thing's almost paid off. And even if we had paid it off, it, it wouldn't have helped us remove any debt. It's just used for leverage on our other building. You all know that. Once I figured that out, I'm like, let's keep it. And this is going to be a place of healing. And what happens in the parking lot, do you know that this happens? People drive into this parking lot. They don't go to the church. They pull up into the parking lot, and they have family meetings here. Kids get talked to. They should come all the way in the building. But, but there's a reverence about this place. It's a church. I don't want to make it into condos. We need more churches. We need a dozen more churches, two dozen more churches. There's something about going to the house of the Lord when you've got difficulty. And I'll never forget coming to the house of the Lord when our child died. Karen was in the hospital. I was able to get out. I was able to get out of the hospital, and everything was fine in that we were grieving, but she was okay. I came to church, went to my usual place, and we started worshiping, and I didn't feel like worshiping. I was really sad, and then I just started realizing Sad, I should be dead. Lord, God. And I began to worship him. I began to thank him. And the power of God came all over me. And I used to spin in those days. <laughs> Occasionally, I still spin. I used to spin like a top in one place. And I used to run. Now I just run in the spirit. I'm, I'm turning the corner right now. I'm coming back up. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> And I just said, I'm going to worship you with everything I got. And I just began to spin and worship. And one of the pastors came alongside and afterwards, he had the greeting time or something, and said, I was watching you, and I saw you start to spin. It was like a washing machine on spin cycle. It shook the whole house. <laughs> and I know you're going to be okay, aren't you? I said, yes, I am. I am. God's with me. You know, some of you go through hard times and you quit going to church. Why in God's name would you do that? Why would you do that? He's the one that can turn it around. He could send one angel and wipe out your problem. Just one, just one angel. Why, why would you be a part-time churchgoer? I, I, I know I'm preaching to the choir, which means, how many of you preach a choir? The choir is always there. You guys, Wednesday night, okay? So anybody coming to Wednesday night, you know, you're hungry for the word. Going to church when you have problems is, is when you should up your walk. Spend more time in prayer. Get in the Word more. Fast a little bit. 
Go to the house of God. When you have victory, you should go to the house of God and give God praise. When you're in a place of despair and you don't know what to do, you should go to the house of God. You know what else? You should go to the house of God when you're in the doldrums. You're in between, you don't know where. You should never stop going to the house of God. The church, desire to hear a word from the Lord. Desire to hear a word from the Lord. You're hearing one right now. A lot of texts there. 2 Kings 19, 2 through 7. He prayed. He got others to pray. He prayed and he got others to pray. When I had COVID, when my wife and I had COVID, I don't always call and ask for prayer and ask for help. But when we got COVID, I called every single person I knew all around the world, all of them. I called all of them, texted all of them and said, I really need your prayer now. That thing tried to kill us. It really did. You know, I was one of those ones where I probably should have gone to the hospital. They would have killed me, so I didn't go. <laughs> that's, what, I just, what I, that's what I believe. I'm not against the hospital. It's just that's what I believe. So how many of you know, according to your faith, <laughs> I go, go there, I'm going to die. So, Lord, you're going to have to heal me. And Karen was ill also, but not like I was. I had people from this house, people from this house walking in my, around my house, where do you live? I'm not telling you. If you don't know where I live, it's none of your business. <laughs> but there are folks, leaders, and people that know where I live. And I've had to take my name off of record so you can't find where I live because I've had people try to come and do stuff. Right, so these people knew where I live, and I, I feel good about that. Plus, I have a militia on my street, so I would highly advise. No, I'm not even kidding. That's the... The Minutemen live all up and down, and they all love Jesus, and they all know where I live, so. <laughs> Should I tell that story, Lord? It's a good one, though. It's really good. It's amazing. It's one of those super juicy ones that I can't tell you, apparently. Okay, mark your calendar. A year from now, I'll tell you the story. Ten years. It's ten years, Pastor Alex. It's ten years that you don't want to pull. You want to wait ten years, and then you can tell the stories of that which took place. What are we talking about? Come on, somebody say, break the yoke. Oh, yeah. So I look out my window, and I see people doing the, the intercessory chop. Do you all know what that is? Shock tough. God, 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 pacing back and forth, chopping away. It was you, Vic, you know it was you. I looked down and saw you and your wife praying, walking my house. I started weeping. I thought, wow. And the power of God touching me while you're outside. I remember I had a, had a neighbor come by, and they, they came to the window, you know, and I went to the window, and he has his hands pressed on my glass, put my hands on his hands with the glass separating us, and he is weeping, weeping. And I'm crying, and the Holy Spirit's touching me. That thing tried to kill me. And yes, I'm a pastor, but I've been committed to church long before I was in ministry. If you don't have a church, you don't have a place where people can come around you and help you, and help you. Oh, I don't know how you'd even make it. And God healed me, and I stand here today. No problems. I can smell good. My lungs are good. God is good. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. And I know so many people that do life all by themselves. 
So when the wind of hell hits, they, they, they huddle their family together, and I'm all for doing that. The family, family that prays together stays together. Pray together. But there are some battles that require just a little bit more help. And we're designed to do life together as the nias of God, the dwelling place of God. When we pray, can I tell you, we're going to pray here in a minute. When we pray, yokes are going to break, not only off of your life, off of this region. We're going into that facility, and there is all kinds of obstacles. And I bind them now in Jesus' name. It's trying to stop us from releasing what God wants to release. Come on, God's going to touch another man like you. You were toast. He's not even kidding. He was done with church. He was done. He'd gotten wounded. He got hurt. He's like, there's no way. And I trust you. And the Spirit of God. How many more are like that? How many more are like Paul, three days blind, and God's looking for, a, God's looking for someone, an Ananias, to pray? to go to a street called Straight. How many more are out there in the businesses and the marketplace and the gym? How many more are there people out there that don't know the freedom and power that's found in Christ, found in Jesus? All other ground is sinking sand on Christ, a solid rock I stand. There is nothing like him, nothing. And I, I, I tried all those things. You get together and you pray and then you have people pray in agreement. You win. I like winning. Does anybody else like winning? If you like losing, we'll have an altar call for you at the end of the service. So you need to be set free. Losing is not God's plan. God gives them a confirming word, which is so powerful. He's not going to shoot an arrow here, 2 Kings 19, 32. By the way that he came, he will return, and I'm going to kill him when he gets home. That's a good word. And, and, And the Lord sends an angel, one angel, 185,000 people. Now, the Old Testament, say this means, say the Old Testament is a picture book of New Testament reality. Okay, so we're not going out and killing people. Everybody say, we're not going out and killing people. I had somebody say, you need to clarify that because you're kind of, your eyes like shoot these blue rays and like people think maybe you want to hurt people. I said, what? Anyway, I want to hurt people, but I'm here to execute vengeance on the enemies of God, meaning spiritually we were not against flesh and blood. All right, God has a, a very clear word for us that he's going to break the yoke. How many of you got some stuff you need broken off of you? Maybe in your family, you got something that's stuck. Your aunt that still doesn't talk to you 10 years later. You got a family member or something. You got, maybe you got somebody stuck in addiction. I don't, know, I don't know what the yoke is. Maybe it's a personal thing. I'll let the Lord fill that in for you, whatever that is. And there has been an assignment to keep us from moving into that facility. Understand. Make no doubt about it. I didn't fabricate it in my mind, and I'm, I wouldn't say what I'm about to say if I wasn't called by Dr. Morocco and some notable prophets around America that told me the same thing. You ready? We've been fighting against a principality. It's not a normal, a little normal demon. 
It's a principality that's tried to keep us because when we break through, and we have absolutely broken through, I will tell you that. It's over. We're in. But there's some other things to happen. I believe that it's shifting and changing. We'll have good news tomorrow. I believe tomorrow you'll hear me shouting from wherever I am. What's that sound? That's got to be Pastor Dave. Yes! We need the rest of our, our um, CCO, our occupancy. And we're, we're believing God for that. Would you pray for that? All right, personal word. Here we go. Believe the yoke will be broken. Worship team, please. Believe the yoke will be broken off your life. Believe the yoke on your life can be broken off of you. Not only you, others. You know how Paul and Silas were in the midnight hour and they sang and the other prisoners were looking? When their chains fell off of Paul and Silas, who were the ones that were believing for the yoke to be broken, if I could say it that way, who else got their chains broken off? All the prisoners lost all their chains. See, people are watching you. People are paying attention to you. If you win, how many people would be set free? If you overcome the obstacles that's in front of you, you know, it's a revelation to realize that the battle you're currently in is more than just for your own life and your own family. It's for all the souls that'll be impacted if you win and you don't sink and you don't quit and you don't turn. God sets you free and your neighbors look at you back. Man, how did that happen? You go, Jesus, Jesus, I love him. I gave my life to him. I'm surrendered. There's a reservoir. Is that what you called it? Reservoir? I've got a blue marlin from heaven. There's a reservoir of blessing for me. I've got favor. I'm, I'm sorry, it's not my fault. It's goodness and mercy. Follow me everywhere I go. I'm protected. I, yeah, I'm the head, not the tail. You need any money? I can help you. I'm so upset that COVID even came across the bloodline of my house. I was seriously upset, and it was like an attack on my faith. I'm thinking, how does that happen? No, we had like, you know, strings over our house, which is representative of the blood. Some of you still have it on your homes. Yeah, it's beautiful. How does that happen? I was riding with Wally. I'll never forget it. And I was discussing that with him. And you know, it's wonderful to have a, an older man. And he's not much older than me, but he's an older brother in the Lord. It's great to be with seasoned people who have battled and walked through things. Where's, is David here? Three houses y'all lost to fires or two? Three. Three, they lost it's a tragedy to have one house burned down. Three. And the miracles that God did. I mean, you, when you walk with somebody who's tested, tried, and true, they don't flinch. They, 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 they continue to go to church and they keep their heart right. And they, Wally and Lauren are exemplary Christians. Exemplary. And they have wisdom. So I'm saying, you know, what do you think about that? He said, oh, they didn't get across the bloodline. I'm like... Oh, yeah? He said, yeah, you're not dead. I thought, good point. <laughs> Believe that the yoke can be broken off of your life. What would happen if, 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 if everybody here got free? Twelve people turned the known world upside down. Just twelve. 120 in the upper room. There's 200 plus people here. What would happen if you got set free? Really? He said, I am free. Good. 
Stay that way. And then teach others to do the same. Seek the Lord. Look to. Seek the Lord. Do what? Seek Him. Why He may be found. Seek Him. Number three, lifestyle of brokenness before God. You've heard me say it. I'm going to say it again. I, I could show you the place in the altar in Maui where I got the word. And it was like when Dr. Morocco gave me this word, it was like God himself came and wrote on my heart. It was like I got branded by the finger of God. And here's the word. If you will stay humble and broken and transparent, God will always use you, Daniel. I thought, okay, humble, broken, transparent. Humble, broken, transparent. Say it with me. Humble, broken, transparent. And, and if you've been on my staff, you've been here for any length of time, you've heard me say, you know why? Because if you stay humble, broken, and transparent, don't have secrets. Don't have secrets with your spouse. Don't have secrets from God. How do you have secrets from God anyway? He knows everything. When he was calling for Adam, God, did, wasn't, God didn't lose Adam. He was giving an opportunity. Adam! Adam, where are you? giving an opportunity to repent don't have secrets be transparent tell we have a a phrase in our family brackets don't have secrets we told our kids don't have secrets something happens you get defiled something you do something wrong and you blow it you you tell that's a snitch you can go to hell if you want to i'm into snitching amen no i just learned i'm not going back I will never go back to the hellhole that God dragged me out of by His blood, by His power, by His grace. And I've learned that if I stay humble and broken and transparent, I'm gonna finish my race. I'm gonna finish. How many of you wanna finish your race? You're not gonna read about me, so help me God. I've got structures in place. If I got weird, somebody would know immediately. so grateful for those relationships i can call pastor alex i need prayer i want to choke somebody right now i need prayer this is happening whatever you gotta have that do you have that who's the pastor in your life who 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 holds your shut up card who's gonna tell you you better stop that you're not the boss of me. You're stupid. You, you just stop. Trying to control someone's life. That, there are people that try to do that. that. That's not healthy. But who do you call when you're, when you're broken, when you're hurting, and you don't know what to do? You call on the Lord. You need to have that kind of relationship with your spouse. If you're married, if you're single, you need to build that. You need to build those protections. I've had people that call me that needed help. I don't think I'll ever change my cell phone number because it saved so many suicidal people from this phone right here. You know how many people have called me? They're like, I'm doing it now. I'm like, no, you're not. And I pray for them. We turn it around and get them out by the grace of God. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Live a lifestyle of brokenness before God. Okay, claim the promise. What promise? All of them, 7,500 of them. Claim them all. Possess them. God gives promises. You possess them. He gives you the promised land, but you must go in and take it. The Lord's just going to give it to me. No, not necessarily. And I found in early on in your walk, I know I'm preaching on that. Fasting, it's still a good word. I can feel it is. Come on, are you getting anything? I'm trying to break the yoke here. When I'm 
it seems like when you first come into the Lord, there's this amazing grace. You know what I mean? Like it's just, there's a lot of latitude for you to, but as you grow and mature, that latitude, he wants you to grow up. He's not going to come and tie your shoe. If your kid, if you had to tie your shoelaces for your kid for the rest of your kid's life, some of you still do that. That's codependency. And you've raised an unhealthy child that doesn't know how to do much problem. His eyeballs have fallen out. His eyeballs have fallen out while he's playing Xbox 360. Got to learn to fight. Got to claim the promises. Lastly, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the what? Holy Spirit. Listen, 
I'm not picking on you. I'm trying to expose the works of the devil. And if you have that going on, it's very possible you're under a curse. You say, well, I'm a Christian. Are you? Okay, you want to make sure of that. And then you, you have to forcefully change the way you're doing things, the way that you're thinking. There is generational curses that try to come. Are you getting anything tonight? And you have to break those. My family came in the house so many years ago. We were straight under generational curse. I couldn't get above anything. I was constantly hand to mouth and in deep debt, constantly having problems, constantly broken relationships, constantly broken hearted. That's not God. That's not God. That is not an aspect of the kingdom. That's a curse. You need to backhand it with the word and build your life through being humble, broken, transparent. Seek him. Press in. Get your mind renewed. Get changed. And somebody say, can you pray for me that I get my mind renewed? No, I really can't. I'm going to pray that God helps you renew your mind. I'll pray that. You have to wash your mind. You have to renew your mind. Power of the Holy Spirit, yes. Word of God, yes. And there's a grace that we can pray, but you have to actively get up, open the Word, read the Word, memorize the Word, and do the Word. Actively go to the house of the Lord in good times and in bad. All right, lift your hands to heaven. Pastor Alex, would you help me? Would you, would you just pray? since uh, my vocal cords are semi-thrashed and you have tremendous authority, Pastor Alex, as do many others, but since you're here, would you just, as the Spirit leads you, go for it. Come on, lift your hands to heaven. Lord, we just thank you for the word that was released tonight. And so, Lord, we come now asking, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here I come against every assignment of hell that has tried to disrupt and distract and to hinder in the name of Jesus, every barrier, every mountain, every generational curse. We come against it in the name of Jesus. And we pray tonight, these things broken in Jesus' name. We declare breakthrough tonight that from this day forward, they will never be the same in the name of Jesus. Come on, begin to lift your voice right now. Come on, lift your voice and ask the Lord to break things, to begin to shatter things in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We plead the blood of Jesus. We declare breakthrough. We declare that this is the last day that they will be in this muck. This is the last day that they will be in this mire. And I thank you tonight, Lord, for your breakthrough, for your freedom. I thank you, Lord, that you're a God that is able to do anything. And so, God, we come to you tonight and we say thank you for breakthrough. We say thank you for liberty. We say thank you for freedom in the name of Jesus. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Come on, just lift your voice, begin to worship him. Come on, just thank him for the breakthrough. Thank him for liberty. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, God, for your goodness, for your breakthrough, for changing the life.
every eye closed. You've never given your heart to Jesus, won't you do it tonight? Or perhaps you've given your heart to the Lord, but you drifted in your commitment and you want to come home. You want to sell out. You want to recommit your life to the Lord. If that's you online or here in this great sanctuary, that's you. Pray, repeating after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and to rise again from the grave. Forgive me of all of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Break every yoke. Break every chain. Break every curse. And use me to fulfill the purpose you have for my life. Give me a hunger for your word. A hunger for going to church. Developing healthy relationships with people. So that I would get big and strong in God. of the enemy with no other yoke but the one that's easy and light I'm raising up an army I'm raising up a people I'm sending you forth to carry the glorious message of salvation healing deliverance the gospel of the kingdom be empowered be steadfast Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.